Welcome, friends. This is your host, Holly, from The Healing Hall. I don't run away from a challenge because I am afraid. Instead, I run towards it because the only way to escape fear is to trample it beneath your foot. By Natalie, come on, Nancy. Book an appointment now. Let's overhaul your health at thehealinghall.com, where we haul out the waste and haul in the good nutrition. Hello, welcome to part two of my trauma story. This is going to be a part where I'm going to discuss all of the things and the methods that I've done to not reverse, but sort of undo some of the trauma that was stuck within my body. So this is a process. This takes time. You have to be stable enough. The the ability to go through and process this stuff out. And, and it takes a little bit more than that. There's a spiritual side to this that um, we have to be aware of. So... Um, I started with therapy. So I put myself, um, and it, and actually if we go way back, um, my, my mother, she had actually suggested that I take anger management because I was increasingly angry at her. And I didn't really understand why, because I didn't know that I was upset with her. I didn't know her role in what had happened to me. So it took me years of therapy to realize she was part of the abuse. So um, I want to mention that that was something I wasn't even aware of because what, what happens is we attach ourselves to the lesser of the two. So if you have two parents, you're going to attach yourself to the one that is least abusive. So she was in my opinion, as a child, the, the lesser of the two evils. So that's what ends up happening. And you don't always see that there is an issue with um, the other party. But a lot of times there is. So I started with, I did start actually with anger management. I put myself in an anger management class, um, thinking that I had these anger issues. And then I'm realizing as I'm sitting there that my mother is the reason that I signed up for this class that, yeah, I was angry at her, but I didn't have an anger problem. And the people that were there had court orders <laughs> to be in this class. And here I volunteered and I'm, gosh, maybe 19 years old. And I realized quickly, I don't belong here. Like I don't really have anger issues. I need to go see a therapist. I think I tried to put myself in therapy at that point, but it wasn't good. It wasn't helpful. So there are good therapists and there are bad therapists and there are a lot of bad therapists because I have met quite a few of them. So I want to throw that out there just because you're going to somebody, if you're not, if you don't feel like you're being heard or you're repeating yourself because they don't remember who you are, every appointment, wrong place. That is not going to be somebody that's going to help you. You need somebody that knows who you are, 
that um, doesn't judge you, but that will sit there and listen to you and give their advice based on their degree, based on their knowledge of psychology. So I found a really good therapist after I had my son. So I was 24 years old. It was probably two months after I had turned 24. I put myself into therapy with a good therapist. And that therapist was probably the best thing that ever happened to me um, at that time and even throughout my life. Um, even though she, she was limited, she listened to me. She listened to me. She was gentle with me. She was soft-spoken. She didn't judge the stories because a lot of times that was the hard part is my story is not an easy one to listen to. It's not an easy one to sit through. And um, it was hard to just even share the truth of what had happened to me because it is that gruesome. So it's, it's not something that's easily shared, even with somebody in confidence, like a therapist that's supposed to be a professional. Having somebody like her that listened, that would then educate me on psychology and maybe why I thought the way I thought or had some of the thoughts or we sort of finding something that's healthier. And even if, even if we go from an eating disorder to a different type of eating disorder with exercise, that is a healthier move than what I was doing before, which was not eating, right? So even if our coping mechanisms are inching us in the right direction, it's going to get you in the right direction. So it's it's better to let go of, of one that might be harming you to one that still isn't the best, but is better. And then you're taking these baby steps till you can graduate up to even a, a better coping mechanism that's not going to be harmful for you. So that's sort of what I did. So I I had to graduate through some of these because they were they were really concreted into to my system. So um, we did that. And then after a certain period, we realized I have more issues than um, she could really help me with because I had just blocks of memory that were gone that shouldn't be just blocks. And it was really apparent when I would run into people that I knew from my past and have no memory of experiences because that's what happens when you have extreme trauma like I did. Blocks of the information are gone. So you'll have very vivid, very real memories of the trauma of the events that almost you could write in detail because they're that specific. Um, like, like you could remember the scent, you could remember the textures, you can remember a lot because that's what trauma does. It will lock in those memories as if they just happened. So, um, you'll have those memories, but then you might block out some of the others. So they're just not there anymore. And sometimes it'll be the trauma as well because it was too much for your young self or your current self to um, process. So sometimes though the traumatic memories will also be blocked. So I got referred to a woman to start EMDR. What EMDR is, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So 
But what this does, even if that doesn't make sense to you, what this does is it goes into those locked memories and it allows your current self to go into those memories and reevaluate it. Because when we lock those memories, our body is stuck and thinks anybody with that smell, anybody with that texture, anybody with the the touch or the smile or whatever it is, is dangerous. And that's not true. So that that's not true. But that's what our mind has now held for us, that that is true. So then every time we're going to be heightened, if we smell a certain smell, or if we feel a certain texture, it's going to trigger that memory and that trauma. So EMDR helps us go in currently, calmly, We have a safe spot always that we're going to go to if things get a little too rough. And um, we go in and we unlock that memory so that way our body knows, hey, we're okay today. This isn't happening anymore. We might never like that smell or that texture, but it's not going to trigger a aggressive memory, adrenaline drop, um, a alert in the body, in the system. So that's what it does is, so over time, it slowly desensitizes you to the traumatic event. And then you're going to be able to go walk in a store and smell that smell and not be triggered. You might not even reference the trauma. So that's sort of what EMDR does. It's very helpful. It was very helpful to me. I did four years of it because I did have to take breaks. It's tough. I'm not going to lie. It was tough to go through and relive because you have to relive those events. You have to be brave enough to go in there and say, okay, we're okay now. We're okay. We're going to go through this. We're going to go face this. And, you know, for, for me, I even had my body, your body remembers. So I would sometimes wake up and I would have these deep bruises on my body that weren't there the night before. And, um, I remember one night I shot up screaming because I had woken up during one of these events it felt like somebody was squeezing my arm. When I woke up to that, my husband shot up too, was extremely worrisome, challenging, hard to go through, but I kept pushing through. I kept pushing through because I knew it was worth it. I knew I could get through it, but that's that body memory. That's that tissue memory. So here I'm processing this stuff out and not only did my brain process it out, but my tissues processed it out with this bruising patterns that I would get. Um, some as clear as that um, handprint in my arm. That took me to one level, right? So that only took me so far. Then I um, still didn't quite feel 100%. I still didn't feel that peace I didn't know what else really to do. I I didn't. And then shortly after that, I got sick. Um, I got sick. I had a traumatic event with my youngest child. And it just made my life feel like it had no worth. 
It had no worth. It had no meaning. I had no direction. I didn't know what to do. I knew I still had to be a mother to my other two children, but I didn't know how. I didn't like, I was just absolutely devastated with what happened. I was searching because I, I didn't understand. I thought, I thought I had broken this abusive cycle, right? I thought I had broken this, um, this circle of, of just abuse and trauma. And I, I didn't, I didn't. So I needed to figure out more. I needed to figure out like, how, how could this be? Right. So I started searching alternative. Once I started learning about fun functional medicine, I realized there's so much out there that we downplay or call woo woo or don't really give credit to. And I started to go into my healing journey with more of an open mind. Like, huh, well, if Western medicine lied to us about all this other stuff, you know, because, and I don't know that they so much lied to us. They just weren't educated. They weren't completely educated on how our body works, how our system works, how it works together, how it works with nutrition, how the energy works, how the mental portion of it works. So I, it's not even that they're lying to us. It's, it's the people teaching them that is the ones that aren't fully educating. There's, there's where the deceit lies, right? So I started to, to go in with more of an open mind because I wasn't really open-minded uh, to that stuff. Because again, you know, we call that woo or whatever you, however you want to look at it. So I then started researching my energy. I started to put my feet on the earth because I read that, hey, you know, like our bodies are electrical. Why do you think we need to be grounded when there's um, electrical storms and things like that and lightning? Because we have electricity in our body. We are electrical beings. We have electrons. We have energy within us going in and recharging our bodies. How do you think we stick to the ground with gravity? You know, so there's all this, there's all this information out there that makes you think in, and if you open your mind to it, it can help you. I started looking at ancestral ties. Like, is there energy tied to me? That's not mine. That's from years back that holds this trauma that is then passing it on because I've done all the work. I did 15 years of therapy, four years of EMDR, but really that was eight years of EMDR because I did four years of really bad EMDR. The lady didn't know what she was doing, so it didn't help me at all. So again, if, if you don't feel you're benefiting, get a new doctor. It's not that the treatment's um, not effective. It's it's the person administrating it is not uh, good at their job yet because there are always those out there. I then decided to get energy clearings. And the woman that helped me um, said that I had three generations back from both my mother's side and my father's side, um, a grandparent basically attached and it was just this ugly energy. So I, I removed it. I started trying to raise my vibrations with singing bowls, listening to opera, listening to better music where I filled in my own narrative, right? So a lot of times we're listening to somebody else 
sing somebody else's words, somebody else's story, and we don't have any room for ours. So if we're not sitting in a meditative state, if we're not quiet and silent or, or just hearing the orchestra play, who is writing our story? It's not us. So we might tap into some of those words and, and relate to them, but they're not ours. It's not our story. I starting to understand this part of it and starting to understand that I have to be silent. I have to go out every day and put my bare feet on the ground so I can recharge my body with the earth. I I need to then go and be with nature and be silent and meditate as I walk. I need to listen to my own thoughts and not go from a busy house to than a car that's either um, listening to an audible or listening to somebody else's story on the radio, because that's sort of what our life is like. It's hectic. It's busy, 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 busy. You go from work, possibly, to your house, to the stores, to the car that that is playing something. So there, when is the time where you're just with yourself? When can you hear yourself think? So that was crucial to me getting better and getting that peace I was looking for was really understanding and finding my own voice because I wasn't listening to it before. Sometimes now I don't listen to anything. It will be silent in my car. It's just silent. And when it's silent, I can hear myself I'm with myself when I drive. Another really beneficial part of my journey was, um, since I was abused as a child, was really encompassing and taking with me my inner child. We all have an inner child. We all have that giddy part of us that wants to go run in the water when it rains or splash in a puddle or um, just be silly. That is your inner child trying to come out and we suppress it because of societal norms and, oh, that's an adult. She shouldn't be doing that. What's wrong with her? And I had to learn to not care what other people thought of me. And I I just, I don't anymore. I don't care. Everybody's going to have their opinion about who I am, but the one that matters the most is mine. What is my opinion of myself? If, if you have a strong opinion of yourself, of who you are, of what you believe in, it doesn't matter what anybody else tells you what you are, because you're not going to believe them because you're going to already know who you are. You don't need them to tell you a, fall- a fallacy because that's all it is. It's their view of who you are. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So learning to trust your own voice, your own self, building that relationship with not only yourself, but that little person inside of you. And I I take her with me everywhere I go. It's just, it's exciting. It's fun. It brings me joy to get excited about life. It brings me joy to just dance if I want to dance, to you know, some people might think, oh my gosh, what has she had to drink? Nothing. I don't, I don't, you know, like I hardly ever even touch alcohol if I do. And 
I don't need it to feel joy. And that's sad that our society thinks that's what we need in order to loosen up, in order to be ourselves, because that is where we're at. That is where we're at, is we need some something to take that de- that wall down, to take that defensive mechanism we have down just to relax and bring out that inner child. So it's 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 a shame because that is how I got better. I got better with that. I love Byron Katie's work. You take the situations that you have at hand and you turn them around. You turn them around because no matter what somebody else did to you, it's what you believe about yourself that you're holding on to. It's not really what they did to you, no matter how horrible what they did to you was. It is you holding on to the thought that that moment had on you. So how did it make you feel? Did it make you feel worthless? Did it make you feel shame? Did it make you feel guilt? Because that is what you're holding on to. Not that somebody wronged you. It's the the imprint it left on who that moment made you feel you were. So I hope this has been a good message for you all. I have ran out of time again. Um, this is part two. I hope this helps somebody out there that has experienced trauma because these are the ways I got my peace back. And it is possible for you to get yours back as well. But it does take effort and it does take work and it does take courage. I hope you all have a great day. Remember, it's your life. It's your health. Take charge because healing is possible.